Today marks the third session, and we were just saying, uh, of our series, Six Messages in this celebration of the Lenten season. I, funny that I say celebration. Um, but you know what? I, I, it, it, Lenten sort of marks, you know, repentance or turning around or sort of a just just a, a reposture of our hearts and our lives. And, and man, if we're aligning ourselves to Jesus, that's just like the most exciting thing. That's, that's probably worth celebrating. Yeah. Um, we don't, you know, we don't fix ourselves, but it's the, it's, we, we invite the Holy Spirit to come and sort of quicken our hearts and convince us of things that He wants to work on. And <laughs> we've, been, we've been doing a bit of that. Yeah, we have been. We have been doing a bit of that. Um, yeah, so welcome to God's tune-up for six weeks. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Next week, our, our family pastor, Bonnie Bilesma, is going to present the fourth message from our Lenten series. Deb and I are going to we're going to step back for things for a week. Take a week's holiday. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, step good. back for a week. Just get some rest. Um, but, uh, yeah, that always popular and celebrated voice amongst us, Bonnie Bilesma, she uh, makes her new uh, mark your calendars and tune in for that. Um, it, it should be fun. I kind of tasked her with the things that she needed to bring on Sunday, and uh, she was like, game on. So it, it should be fun. Uh, Deb and I want to... You know, the whole purpose of this this Lenten series for us is just we want to strengthen and encourage you through this season. I think I've said that a couple of times. Um, but through the Lenten, we're, we're opening up some core messages that come from the, the, the gospel stories of Jesus' life uh, in this season, right? In this season, we're inviting the Spirit of God to awaken our faith and our shared confession. And I think we, we're saying that. Like, we don't, we don't want to do any of this without Him. Uh, no. Otherwise, that's just no. us, you know, doing our well, own thing. Well, and there's no life if it's not with him. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just works. Yeah, it just works. And, you know, like, one of the things that happens when the Holy Spirit is, is coming and he's, and he's the one uh, bringing a conviction in, to things in our life, it always comes with hope, right? You know, it, yeah. it, it's never that pressed down and hopelessness that can sometimes greet us on some days and in some moments, but it is always garnered with hope. It's not in judgment. It's just an invitation to come. Um, and, you know, we're in this season. We, we all want a time of personal and, and, and I would say corporate revival, I, I you know, in, in us. Uh, it sees us turning away from destructive thinking and behaviors and, uh, and turning to Jesus. Um, you know, if, we, if we're... If we've got thinking going on in our, our minds and our lives that, that we know is, is negative, um, you know, that's actually just the Holy Spirit just saying, hey, I, here's some things that you need to look at. We've seen some patterns that are continuing to come up in our life that we know are, are, are destructive. And what's, we're always asking the question, we wanted to quiet ourselves and say, well, what's the root of that? Where might that be coming from in my life? And then maybe turning to, to God, turning to others who, who know us well and we can trust our lives with, and just inviting, um, you know, God to, to come and, and yeah. uh, show those things to us. So it's a turning to Jesus who, is, who has really come into this world to change the course of our lives and to change the course of history. Um, Jesus is always at work to bring about a restoration of our whole person. Yeah. Yeah. I came, the day we go to be with him. Yeah, and like, what did, what did Jesus say? I came that you might have life 
abundantly. Yeah, and have it abundantly. Uh, through this season of Lent, we're hanging our hats on David's declaration from that prayer, the 23rd Psalm, using it for our Lenten series, He Restores My Soul. Yeah. Yeah, found in Psalm 23, verse 3. So today we're going to be focusing on Jesus as our bread of life. And um, it's kind of a fitting title, considering that we're going to, again, practice communion here today. So, and it looks like we have some real bread today. Yeah, not enough the, of those wafers. No, not those foam rate wafers that we... <laughs> Oh, boy. But there, yeah, you told me, gluten-free, not petroleum, but gluten-free. Um, so throughout Lent and Easter, we're celebrating Jesus with, with the new Passover meal that Jesus himself instituted. Jesus gave this to us. Yeah. Yeah, right? So we're encouraged to prepare our own elements at home and to, and to participate together. So that's what we're here to do. So perhaps by the sixth time you've heard this invitation from us... <laughs> And then we'll forget to do it. Yeah, there you go. Just kidding. Well, let's hope we don't forget to do it. So in preparing uh, for communion, we wanted to begin by emphasizing the importance of this sacrament meal. I think you should let that cat out. He's, he's... I think I should do something to the cat. Yeah, the cat is like in here causing all kinds of distress here and there. There you go. That... <laughs> he kind of he went outside with a bit of a help in the... <laughs> From the foot. Nobody can see that. <laughs> Nobody can see that. <laughs> yeah, the question is, is how long is he going to stay out there? Um, so yeah, so listen, we've communion presents um, really a formative uh, practice, a formative kingdom practice in our lives. Um, it's it's something that uh, communion it, it invigorates. Uh, a real core value for us as a vineyard community, and namely that we are people of God's presence. That that is like a that is a core value of, of the, the of the vineyard, vineyard yeah. itself. Yeah. That's something that we celebrate with vineyards all around the world. Uh, we've we've placed this meal uh, in the front end of, or, or I, mean, I mean, sometimes I've said we've kind of like almost sandwiched it. We've put it right in the middle of everything that we're doing through Lenten. Um, we want it in the forefront, yeah. right, of what, our, what we're doing, precisely because it's important. We don't want to miss this. Uh, and it isn't something that we just push through so that we can get on with the preaching. With the real stuff, you the, know. <laughs> yeah, you and I were joking about that earlier. But it really, honestly, like, like what else, you know, what else is more exciting than encountering Jesus uh, in our lives and, and, and when we when we meet in private with Jesus, when we come together as the corporate body of Christ, you know, we're, there, there's something beautiful that, that is Jesus' presence amongst us. So we're stopping ourselves, we're slowing down to be present with Him, right? Sometimes yeah. we can get kind of busy. We're, we're slowing down to remember Him. Uh, and it's, it's one of the reasons, like I say, that we gather. We're, we're as the people of God's presence, the... Um, we not only believe in the presence of God, but we are given to actively seeking His presence among us. Like yeah. it's it's something that you know that we that we ascribe to that we're always reaching for. And certainly, there are plenty of times when we're exercising faith that we know that wherever two or more are gathered, Jesus promises to be with us, which is. Like he's always with us, anyways. But I, you know, he he puts this emphasis on the corporate gathering. So, 
Um, you know, there's, but there is that, that promise and we're actively seeking his presence. So there's a posture that we take. Um, so here's a, here's a question for you to consider as, we, as we're moving into this, into communion is, how might the Holy Spirit be uh, actively at work in us uh, through this meal when you consider it? There's a question. Do you want me to answer it? Uh, or what I think I, my perspective is? Yeah, I just, yeah, gonna, yeah well, go ahead. He's Let's scared. go for it. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, well, I think there's just a drawing in. Instead of it being a routine, it's a drawing in of, I mean, he lives in us, right? Yep. So as we take the elements, it's just, you know, guys, I'm really here. Like, yep. let me, let me just shine out. Sure. Like, it just it just becomes more intimate. More intimate. Okay. Yeah. Jesus is present. Yeah. Um, you know what's exciting about this meal is is that it's Jesus' idea. Um, you know, in our in our, you know, in our gospel accounts, Jesus is the one that prepared the meal and presented it to his disciples, and he did it with joy. He had all this stuff set up in advance for their yeah. coming together. Uh, you know, it is, it is with, if, if we think about the communion meal in, in terms of what, is it, what does it mean for us when we say to Jesus, yeah, we're going we're gonna to come together in, in communion with you. Like, do we get a sense of his excitement when, when we're coming to do this? Um, you know, I, I would just pray that even today that you would, you would, Find and experience the, the delight that the Father has for you. It's funny, I'm remembering uh, when I used to, when we could meet at church and I used to help serve communion. Yeah. And I, I would actually want to run and hide because as I was serving people coming up for the elements, sure. my heart, I just would start crying because I could feel the Father's love for every single person that came forward. I could feel feel mm. the bigness in him and I'm at my heart was going wow do you guys get this but I just so for a while there I actually hid when Dave was looking for people to help <laughs> serve communion because if you can't find me you can't ask me <laughs> and then I just felt like God was saying no this is important so you know I just yeah I but I can't explain the bigness I felt in my heart for everyone that came to the table hmm. of the love of the Father. It was so, so are we like just talking Greek to you guys? Like, what about you? Like, um, what's, what's been your experience as, as you've considered communion as you've come to that table that he invites you to? Um, and what, what's going on there? You know, in communion, we're, we're invited as his followers to spiritually receive and feed <laughs> on the crucified Savior of our souls. Like, there's, there is, you know, there is spirit and truth. Uh, there, is a, there is an activity um, that is going on that Jesus invites us into. Christ welcomes to be welcomes us to be spiritually and physically and mentally, even even our thinking. He wants all of our all of those things re renewed. He's looking to 
influence our lives and the trajectory, the, the direction that we're headed in the, in the places that we're going. Um, he, he, he comes to, to meet with us, really, you know. And in Christ, uh, a whole new world. Uh, and I love this. We, we, I think we shared this maybe last week, but this thought came up is that in Christ, a whole new world of possibilities for creative life is, uh, is emerging from us. It's being given to us and, and we're being invited to live out of that and to experience it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the kind of life that, that ought to touch others, you know? It, yep. um, you don't have to make it happen. It, it is just Christ naturally working. Um, well, I think the joy of the Lord and the peace yeah. and presence is more contagious than the grumbling of the non-Lord and the, <laughs> or, or allowing ourselves to, yeah. Yeah, actually, hold on to that grumbling thought because we're going to touch on that later. Um, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, 26, um, Paul said, as often as... As we break bread and drink this cup, we are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. I love that. Um, dead men don't come again, but a resurrected Lord does. Yeah. Communion represents Jesus' body, his blood. Jesus, uh, and Jesus is more than enough to sustain us. And there again, you can hold on to that nugget because we're going to talk a little bit out of that from our scriptures today. But Jesus says that, in, that every time we break the bread and drink the cup, we are announcing the Lord's death and resurrection till he comes again. I mean, that is a, that's, it's, it, there's a declaration taking shape every time that we participate yeah. in this cup. Uh, in celebrating uh, communion, we're not simply exercising a memory of Jesus. Uh, remembering who he is and what he's done. There, there is a bit of that, but we're celebrating one day that the resurrected and ruling King Jesus is going to return. And while we wait for him, we are actually literally practicing an awareness of God's faithful and his abiding presence who is with us now. Like you said, he lives in us. Yep. He's here. Yep. He's here. Christ is here. The, the person of God and his mighty spirit, his mighty Holy Spirit is actively present. Uh, and he's actively present in our homes. Um, he's actively present with us. So let's just pray. And we're going to just, we're just going to simply take the elements and, uh, and practice. Practice his presence. Practice his presence. Practice, yeah. So as we draw near to you, God, um, will you awaken our awareness of you? Will you come and will you commune with us? Yeah. And I want to pray too, uh, as we take communion together, that um, for those who are taking this with us, and it's uh, just been, you know, what you do, and it's a ritual. But God, I, I pray that you touch them in a place that they didn't know. Uh, just the realness of you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. As we draw near to God, He, as I could say, awakens that awareness of Him. So it's in faith, right? Yeah. It's in faith that we come to you, Jesus. Uh, it's in faith that we break this bread and we drink from this cup and we choose to fix our, <laughs> our thoughts on you. 
losing my peace. <laughs> You're losing your peace over a cat? <laughs> Debbie, why don't you read that out? And sure. I'll read the other. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three to 24. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave the thanks to God for it. He broke it. In, he broke, then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Hmm. So... The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was given for you, may he preserve your body and soul unto everlasting life. Amen. Uh, in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with the blood of do this in remembrance of me as often. Do me as often as you drink it. <laughs> the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, preserve your body and soul unto everlasting life. Amen. Amen. So today's scripture uh, dovetails with things already celebrated through communion. It's taken from the sixth chapter of, of John's gospel. And, uh, you know, I, I know we gave you a, a big primary scripture to read. We're, we're only taken from us from a number of verses from that. Like, I think I got about 13 verses here that we're going to read from. Are you going to read it? Or no, I? you're going to read it. Oh, so. boy. Reading's going as well as the glitchy picture is today, but we'll, is give, okay. we'll give it a try. Give it a try. Uh, John 6, 22 to 35. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat, and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor the disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum. Caper, ca <laughs> Capernaum. That's the word I knew I was saying it wrong. Well, uh, Capernaum. That's the way we're going to say it. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe the one he has sent. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scripture says Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did, and now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Nice. 
this, you know, this, this story sort of have, has shades of the, uh, the earlier story in John where he encounters the woman at the well. And Jesus is trying to get her attention there. He said that, you know, if you knew who it was that was offering, you know, who was sitting with you here and offering you water, you'd ask for the water that he gives, right? It's got that same yeah. kind of thing. Because, you know, it's just like Jesus is always, he's always like leading us into a deeper truth and revelation of, of what it is that they're, they're actually standing in the midst of and what it is that he's offering. But, you know, this is a crazy story because, you know, I, I like read all of John chapter 6 because there's lots going on in this story. Well, the whole book of John is really good. Yeah, John is, well, John is an amazing, amazing well, story. the Bible's all good. <laughs> well, I shouldn't just say one's better than the well, other. Well, anyways, you know, we're, um, but there's a lot going on in, in yeah. the sixth chapter uh, of John's gospel here. Of course, he, he just... He wrote it as one gospel. He didn't write it as chapter by chapter. He just, he, he told the story. But just earlier on in, in, uh, in chapter six, there's, Jesus has just performed a miracle, right? Right? Yeah. Um, and, and here in our story, the, the, the crowd has realized that, that neither Jesus or the disciples were among us. The, the crowd of people sat across they set out across the lake to find the prophet and the miracle worker. Um, and they found him teaching in this synagogue of Capernaum. And only, only the day before, Jesus had taught and fed thousands with only five loaves of bread and three small fish. Like he's, he just, he, he took a few elements and multiplied that. We've had that at potlucks at the church or home yeah, we have. where you, you're in the, the preparers are in the kitchen going, oh, we're not going to have enough. So, but there was always enough right down to the last crumb for the last person. Yeah. Isn't that a, yeah. yeah. It, it's funny, you know, like it kind of happens so matter of factly and naturally, but we certainly didn't start off with just like a few loaves of bread and no, not that. <laughs> That's pretty much. Well, I felt like that sometimes. But it, but sometimes it's felt like that. Like God's just always provided enough when we when we gather to eat. Like He's apparently He's interested in the fact that we're that we've we're we're being nurtured physically. But see, the problem came when people imagined some other trajectory for Jesus' life mission. They had a they had a different story for Jesus to live out, right? Um. And it turns out that people were not only hungry for food, but they were hungry for a prophet and a king to lead them. See, they were impressed by the authority of things taught and with the miracles performed. And Jesus could see that they were making a move to forcibly make him their king. This is how John writes it. <laughs> so after compelling his disciples to get into the boat, and travel to the other side of the lake, Jesus slips off into the hills by himself. And then, you know, in, in between that moment, there's another miracle that happens where the disciples, of course, are like, uh, find themselves in the middle of a squall and a storm, and they, they're like fearing for their life and, uh, you know, calling out for <laughs> God 
to save them. Where is Jesus? Didn't he see this coming? And Jesus, of course, comes walking out across the water, right? So there's this whole narrative that plays out in the middle here, and we're we're hardly even touching that. And we're sort of skipping right on through to the fact that they've arrived safely in Capernaum on the shores. Jesus is in the synagogue uh, preaching, and a crowd has arrived. They found him. The crowd... They found Jesus. They found him in the synagogue. Where is he going to be? Well, the teacher's going to be in the synagogue teaching, of course, right? Yep. It's a time for people to gather and meet. But the crowd wanted, they wanted, uh, they wanted to follow a prophet like Moses. And, and this is why you get so much of the conversation that we hear here. Uh, someone who provided free food and, a, and political deliverance for him. That's, a, that's quite a bit simplified, but... But in a way, Jesus knew full well that their appetites were, were fixing on filling their stomachs and enthroning Jesus as their king to rule over them. A king who would help them reassert their place of dominance in the world and their right to rule on their own terms because they were living by everybody else's terms. You know, um, They'd been conquered by multiplied nations and they were always living under the tyranny of those nations who were, who were over top of them. They, they, they wanted a king like other nations. And, um, you know, and ultimately, you know, as we read the narrative, right down to the time when Jesus is tried before Pontius Pilate, and, and Pilate comes forward to ask the people, uh, they were going to practice a tradition where he would, he would release one of the men that he had held captive. Did they want Barabbas or did they want right. Jesus? And they're like, give us Barabbas. And they professed their alliance to Pontius Pilate. He says, we have no king but Caesar. So it showed you the kind of king that the people were actually ultimately looking for. But let's, let's get back into the story because, see, Jesus warns the crowds and he challenges us. Don't labor for things that will perish, but work for things that will bring everlasting life. You can see where that is where Jesus' focus is on and he's inviting us to come. And I, and I believe that the, the invitation is to pursue the one that God has sent from heaven. Pursue me. Uh, pursue, uh, pursue his rule in your life. Pursue his kingdom. Make, you know, seek ye first his kingdom and, and all his righteousness and then... You know, and then, and then all of these other things will be added unto you. Yeah. Seek first the kingdom of God. I mean, that was Jesus' message. Pursue the one that God sent from heaven, and he will give you, and this is what the promise of the text says, he will give you everything you need in this life and in the life that is to come. Because this isn't, this isn't all of it. It's certainly here. He's here now. The kingdom is present, but it is still coming with even greater power. Uh, in seeking company with Jesus, what is the thing, if, if you imagine that, just imagine yourself seeking the company of Jesus, what is the thing that compels you to him today? What, what's compelling you? Because they were obviously a, a crowd that was seeking him, right? I don't, for me, I don't know if that's, uh, I don't feel compelled to be with him, I just am. Yeah. Well, you remember you and I went to a, we'll, we'll just, shall say, nameless convention. <laughs> and we were standing in a long lineup waiting to get into. Right, right, right. You know, um, 
there was a lot of buzz going on around us. We were just, you know, seeking to be uh, in the company of, of a group of people, and uh, and and yet there were people in our lineup who actually had a like a shopping list of things that they wanted, right? I sure did from from their friends, from their family members. Yeah, I just I just felt my heart sank, and I thought, wow. Yeah. Because because uh, they were actually shocked that we didn't come with agenda. We just wanted to be <laughs> yeah but but people come with needs I, you know yep. but but jesus is you know i i think that this story the narrative is is inviting us like jesus is well I, I believe both warning and challenging us he says what's the thing that's compelling you to me today you know what are your appetites set on because sometimes we come with you know some Agenda. Other other yeah. agendas, right? A shopping list. Or yeah. Sometimes a shopping list. What's consuming your thoughts when you rise in the morning? Do you, do you ever feel like that? That you're rising up in the morning with particular thoughts? Uh, Mine is. I wonder if Dave's made the coffee yet. Yours. <laughs> Dave made the coffee yet? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty basic. Or, or, or what's consuming your thoughts when you lay your head down through the night, you know? And, and then, you know, as you think of these things, listen, we all have various needs. Uh, we got things going on in our lives. And, I, you know, Im- imagine yourself coming before Jesus like that and, and understand that God knows fully well what's on our hearts when we, <laughs> when we come to him. How do you sense Jesus responding to you? He says, you know what's really interesting? When you, you read that text, you actually, you read it quite lightly and invitational, which I thought was really kind of, was very kind. <laughs> out of character for me? No, I didn't say that was out of character for <laughs> No, far, they went far from it. I, but it, it, it felt very invitational. Um. But Jesus, there's some concern in Jesus' voice towards the ones that have come or coming after him. They, yeah. they know he knows something about their agenda, um, you know. And when, you know, and, and then I ask this question: Is we are, are you feeling just drawn to Jesus, or do you feel yourself being driven to get something from him? I mean, maybe that's a biting statement. I'm not making. Uh, any any judgments here, but but I'm just sometimes we need to just ask some some really good and hard questions from ourselves, and sometimes we need to be honest about the things where we feel like our our life is running away from us, like the challenges are 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 way too big for us. That, that's okay too, I, you know. But it it's but it it you know I think giving giving language to it is really helpful, you know. Not trying to not trying to, you know, sort of uh, smooth it over and hide it underneath the surface because Jesus sees everything. It's like just being honest with him. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's yeah. where I'm at right now. It's, it's maybe not the place where you want me to be at, but, but I'm coming to you. Be, I don't know where else to go. Uh, or maybe I've tried everything else and I'm sorry, God, that I haven't come sooner, right? It's, yeah. it's a bit of that thing. Are you feeling drawn to Jesus or are you feeling yourself being driven by some other agenda? Are you finding yourself, uh, you know, I'm going to ask this question, are you finding yourself feeling driven to try and please God? Because you do get a bit of sense out of 
this and the questions that, you know, what, 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 what can we do to do the work of God? You know, they're asking them. You know, they're, and, and listen, they're, they're, they're you know, they're, they're, their religious activity was, I mean, they were always trying hard to please God. And there was a, there was a sense in the land that if they could just turn their lives around, if they could get everybody to stop sort of sinning, so to speak, those are some of the religious thoughts, that somehow they might be able to incite a revival in their land in which God would, would hasten and return. You know, there was a, We've just got to get our lives sorted out. I mean, there are different camps. There's all kinds of different camps, yeah. just like there is in in our world today and in the church today. Yeah. But there there was a sense of drivenness, and Jesus isn't really doing this. There can be a drivenness to try and please God to somehow win His affections and His attention. Um, I mean, sometimes we can feel like that if we haven't had people in our lives that have validated us through our lives, like we've always. You know, a sense that we've always got to do better, you know. Um, yeah. Are you okay to, in coming to Jesus, to let him just set the agenda for your, your time of communion with him? Sometimes you have to unlearn some bad habits, too. Because you don't even know you're, you're doing sure. it. Yeah. So, it's like, I mean, to do, like, you know, when we're doing this emotionally healthy course yeah there's the being quiet for two whole minutes <laughs> but to unlearn that we don't need to come racing to him with our agenda with all our prayers it's just learning to be quiet and quiet our mind quiet our self down to and not even expect to hear but just to rest and sit with them yeah yeah no that's oh. that's that's so good you know i can i can remember a you know, I can remember our time here in the in the vineyard family and a time of celebration we'd had here on uh, St. Andrews in the Square. Um, and there was just a real, there was a time of quiet that had, had was there among us. There were, were things going on, I, I'm, and I'm pretty sure it was in a time of worship, um, you know, and and I had this this um, this very very strong impression of Jesus. I mean, I still see the image walking in among us, but then walking in and sitting down in a seat off to the side. Um, he wasn't walking to come in and put himself in the center stage and be at the, you know, be at the, be the driving force and reveal this or that or the other thing but there was just a sense of Jesus actually coming in and sitting down um, and it was such a for me it was such a, I, I felt such a, a beautiful revelation of God just coming in and wanting to rest among us like not anxious for anything not you know anxious to to do this or that or the other thing but for us just to be comfortable in his presence and with him like this is it's like i never saw him kind of leave i just saw him come in and sit down amongst us it was just for me it was just the most peaceable and reassuring thing like nice i'm not going anywhere i'm right here yeah, that's good 
And here Jesus stood before the people and he stands among us as God's response to people's deepest needs. <laughs> we all come to Jesus with need. There's no question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need him. In love, God predestined him to come and to commune with us. Jesus is everything we need. Jesus is the most profound revelation of God's love and forgiveness we will ever receive, like flat out. And he, he comes as in our story and in here and in life, he comes as the new Passover lamb, right? He's the one that institutes the Passover. Um, Jesus was, in fact, sent to the cross during the time and celebration of Passover. But he's the one that comes to reinstitute a new pa Passover. He's, he's, the sacrifice. he's the sacrificial lamb. He's the one who lays down his life to save us from the powers of sin and death. It's his shed blood that covers over and cleanses us from all of our sin, all the effects of that, all the damage of that, and who covers over our unrighteousness. And, and then he gives us his righteousness. It's just the most crazy exchange. Let me take that from you, and I want you to take this from me. <laughs> but he also comes as bread from heaven. Uh, uh, the bread from heaven of our Exodus story. Uh, the exodus that represents our enslavement to the powers of this world. Um, see, he was sent by our Father in heaven. Jesus comes as the bread of life to sustain us. You know, if we go back to the exodus story, 40 years, uh, God's people were in transition in the desert. It was supposed to be less yeah. initially, but it, for 40 years, God's people transitioned through the wilderness on their way to the land of promise. And God's people ate the flakes of manna that came from heaven, which literally kind of means, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and for six mornings of every day, every household went out to gather exactly one omer or two quarts of the flaky substance that came down from heaven. Uh, and they took exactly what they needed to sustain their family. Uh, and when they returned home, they worked with the manna and they baked it and they boiled it into breads and, and foods that they, that they ate through those days. Six mornings out of seven mornings a week, they did this and on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, right? And, and they made enough bread to sustain them through through the Sabbath day of rest, which was, yeah, of course, the seventh day. Yeah. And they, they, were, they weren't to do any work. And, and I love what the scripture says, that the Sabbath was given to God's people as his, the Lord's gift to them. And, and this is, remember what we've said earlier about, you know, they've been rescued out of Egypt, out of Babylon, where they, they were enslaved day over day for 400 years. And Jesus is reinstituting this place of rest in them, in the place of much need, because there's like little in the desert except him. And they're learning to go after him and to seek him out day after day. I believe that this is a, is a beautiful picture for us. It's an invitation to trust Jesus. Um, to give us exactly what we need to sustain us through today, 
And then he'll be with us to sustain us through tomorrow. Like, this is how he operates. Jesus is inviting us to come to him every day. Jesus is enough. I know some people wake up in the morning and go, good morning, God. Good morning, God. Yeah. Because, uh, I, mean, I mean, he's with us while we sleep as well. <laughs> but, you know, to acknowledge and just say, hey, good morning. Yeah, he loves us before we yeah. <laughs> do all the things. Just loves us. Jesus is enough. Uh, he is exactly what we need to thrive in this life and in the life that is to come. So as we commune with Jesus, who is with us, how should we respond? With, with joy. With joy? Well, yeah. Or just honestly. Or honestly. How about, how about just being honest with yeah. him, right? Or, and acknowledging. Acknowledging him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the Lord led his people out into the desert so that they could worship him. There, there is a there is a sense here of uh, that our you know that our our love and our worship for him are being excited, even in the wilderness and in the dry places. He promises to meet us and to be present. Yeah, yeah. such a, a beautiful thing. So, Jesus, the bread of life. Kind of, that's kind of it. That's yeah. What we felt like we wanted to bring today. What are what are some what are some thoughts that you that you are having as you think about things? I I think we just need to ask. Like I was thinking of a circumstance with when I was in a conversation with somebody, and they said, "Well, how do you how do you pray? How do you talk to God?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, just like we're doing now, he just you just talk to him." You don't have you don't have to have a religious corner, or or whatever that like it's it doesn't have to be work. You just talk. So I think just even learning, you know, the simplicity of Jesus is with us all the time, and we we should talk to him. Yeah, or well, invite him in. Invite him in always through yeah. stuff. I mean that that's really at the you probably want to close that blue box so we can see what's underneath there. <laughs> so how do we how do you feel like responding to to Jesus today? You know that the very act of communing to commune or we celebrate communion because there's this we're we're actually entering into unity and in a oneness. It's actually it's a very to commune is a very intimate invitation. Yeah. You know, um, and it and it usually has to do with with spiritual matters. Like you know, Jesus communes with us because he wants to speak to the things that will bring true life, lasting life. Right. Sure, he takes care of those other needs. Uh, they come. You know, his invitation, you know, that you know, that Matthew verse that talks to us about seeking first the kingdom of God is is all about like make sure that your your heart is fixed on these things, right? I was thinking I and I'm still on the journey of understanding the table, understanding sure. the significance. So because when I do something I actually have to 
I, I want to get it. So I, you know, and for those who want to go deeper too, there's there's good resources out there too. Actually, if you want to go deeper and understanding the table, it's just good. Sure. Good stuff. And you know, uh, the the table that we come to, I, I see you guys um, reaching out there. Of course, you know, Lillian, we want to be praying for your your healing as well. You've had a bit of a tumble this week and, and fractured, like broke, right? Broke your left wrist. Broke your left wrist. So, I mean, you've had some great, some great, I was going to say, this is going to really sound really tacky. You've had some great breakthroughs in this week, uh, just in terms of other things that God are doing in your life. And then you've, yeah, had what might feel like a setback, but, you know, we're going to pray that God would just absolutely heal yeah. you, uh, perfectly mend you. Um, but yeah, like God wants to bring healing in our lives. And, you know, we've had stories of just even in the midst of celebrating communion and praying for people yeah. where God's healed people on the spot. Like it, it shouldn't be unusual for us because see, wherever Jesus is present, anything is possible. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we could, uh, I don't know, I don't, I've, we've done it, but we've shared a few things through our yep. message today. I don't think we have to get too more involved in that. Is there, is there any, anything that you guys want to uh, put up for the question for us before we, we pray and sign off today? Is there any thinking going on there? Hmm. Well, let's pray. Yeah. Let's pray for Lillian. Let's pray for help. Let's pray for uh, stamina to get through the last leg of this COVID and shut down. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we won't. Yeah, we won't get any deeper than than that. There's so much we could bring up now and speak to. Yeah. But you know, we really want to encourage you. Um, yeah, just be reflecting on Jesus. Um, yeah, just inviting him uh, to come and be your bread of life, right? Yeah. Just uh, come and fill. So, Jesus, um, we thank you, Lord God, for your people. Yeah. I thank you, that, Lord, that you come for us, right? You, on your own initiative, have reached out to, to come and live amongst us. You, on your own initiative, have, have actually come to bring uh, salvation into our lives, life to our souls. Um, you're our renewing life. You are Jesus. Um, the life that you give, the work that you do is eternal. It, it changes us forever. And so we invite you through this season just to bring uh, life, to bring renewal, to us, Lord Jesus, renewal to and restoration to us physically, Lord God. We just pray that for Lillian that you would yeah. just um, just stretch out your hand now, and that you would bring uh, healing to her wrist. That you would absolutely mend uh, her bones together. That you would bring uh, a relief, uh, Lord God, to uh, any bruising that she has suffered in her side. That you would just uh, just return her to perfect strength and perfect yeah. mobility, and we ask that now in Jesus' name. And we just we just speak grace and power and healing over you, Lillian. 
We bless yeah. you. And we bless you to flourish. We bless you to flourish. Mm. Yeah, and just I just want to just pray. Just give us some mana to stand in there and with just the timing of COVID and just, yeah, just have stamina there and just hang in there. And uh, yeah, I just, I just pray blessings on all your guys' week. Mm. And uh, enjoy the sunshine. Yeah. And uh, Colleen, I see you got a shout out going on there for Amanda and Sean. Yeah. They're welcoming their baby. Is it Kane into the world? Have I got there? That one. The, the Kane family. It's, a, it's Owen, right? Yeah. So, it's Owen. Yeah. I'm thinking, it's not Kane. That's her last name. You wouldn't call him <laughs> Kane Kane. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could. You could, but. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. So we, we're just we're excited for for those guys, and uh, you know that's actually been that was an answer to prayer, right? We were yeah. praying for Man and John here last week, and just yeah. we're praying for a like a speedy delivery and yep. everything would go smoothly. And it was it supposedly was. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Amanda, you chirped up there and said, "Yeah, it it came quick." <laughs> so we bless you guys, and we bless the yeah, just your home to. I don't know. Does it ever return to normal? Do you ever remember what normal felt like? I, I don't know. But it, it's just, you know, I've always, through the whole time of this, of little Owen coming into this world, I just keep getting the word joy. Like it, it, God just wants to, you know, just fill your whole house and fill you all with such joy that I, I just, I feel joy greeting you. Uh, just all along this journey in this way. What a, what a great, what a great joy it is to welcome him into the world. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, thanks. Anything else we've got there? No. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Um, yeah. So this time next week, join Bonnie Bosma as she uh, brings us the fourth session here from our series, He Restores My Soul. <laughs> I was testing to see if you knew it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, good. Thanks for that. <laughs> I love being tested. Anyways, I love you guys. Yeah, Thanks for uh, being a part of this. You got any needs? Uh, text us. Uh, text your your, leash, your leaders, your elders. Text one another. Just uh, be praying for another one another, lifting one another up, and and uh, yeah, just be inviting Jesus in to commune with us. Amen. 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 That's it. That's all we got, folks. Mm-hmm.